The scripture reading comes from Zephaniah, chapter 1, verses 1 to 6. The word of the Lord that came to Zephaniah, the son of Cushai, the son of Gedaliah, son of Amariah, son of Hezekiah, in the days of Josiah, the son of Ammon, king of Judah. I will utterly sweep away everything from the face of the earth, declares the Lord. I will sweep away man and beast. I will sweep away the birds of the heavens and the fish of the sea, the rubble with the wicked. I will cut off mankind from the face of the earth, declares the Lord. I will stretch out my hand against Judah, against all the inhabitants of Jerusalem. And I will cut off from this place the remnant of Baal and the name of the idolatrous priests, along with the priests, those who bow down on the roofs, to the host of the heavens, those who bow down and swear to the Lord, and yet swear by Milcom, those who have turned back from following the Lord, who do not seek the Lord or inquire from him. It has been rough and evil years with the worldwide pandemic. This we called Corona 19 turned the whole world upside down and killed millions people. We could not meet our loved ones. We couldn't even go to work, school, even church. We couldn't worship in person for a while. There are many people still worship online. And we are still under this pandemic, under this aftermath of pandemic. And now we're watching war in Ukraine. Every day, we have to watch the suffering and pain, tears. We have to see the horror and terror of people in Ukraine. And there are innocent people. There are even children, babies. They're killed by this unjustifiable war. And around the world, we know nations are at each other's throats. Right? The next slide is the, about inflation. Here we now our own war with inflation. Plunging economy. Everything we buy goes up. Food, gas, clothing, even toys. We don't know how long it will be. What is going on? 
What is going on? Let me ask you, how do you cope with all this? How do you handle with all this? I mean, can we handle all this? And how do you interpret today's world with your faith? And why? We want to ask God, why are all these things happening? Is this the beginning of the end time? Are we truly in the tribulation of revelation? The question is, what should we do? And what is the message of God for us today? As a preacher, this is an unprecedented situation for me too. Actually, I began, I was in seminary when 9-11 happened. I was in Washington, D.C. That day, I passed by the my church, which is near uh, McLean, so I had to pass by the CIA head- headquarters, and I saw all these things happening there. But I was not a preacher at the time. I was a student. I was, just, uh, I was in children's ministry back then. But now I'm a preacher. I have to preach every day. It's my occupation. But I don't know what to preach for this situation, for this world. How can I interpret this world? So I choose this book of Jephaniah. Maybe you never heard a sermon from Jephaniah. Maybe you don't even know who Jephaniah is. Like Habakkuk or you know, other minor prophets. You never heard. Actually, Jephaniah was unknown to many Jews. Only in Jephaniah mentioned about Jephaniah. No other Old Testament mentioned about Jephaniah. But I see. I hope we may find messages from Jephaniah for today. So we'll begin our journey with Jephaniah. Because he lived the time just like us today. Judah was, the nation Judah was in peace, but they were in terrible sin. They worshiped the Lord, but at the same time they worshiped all other God, idols, their money, their prosperity, their peace. They worshiped them. And there were coming Imminent dangers coming, but nobody cared about it. The wars happening all around them, but they don't have that war in, in the Judah, so they didn't care. The rich and the powerful, even the priests, they despise the needy and the poor. They neglect their mission, they neglected their duty. They were just proud of being chosen people. And they always just brag about their privilege. But there is no responsibility for others. 
the poor and needy. The Jephaniah saw the war clouds were hovering over themselves, but people didn't care. So Jephaniah gave warning, the great, the wrath of God, the day of the Lord. But he also gave the hope of salvation, hiding the remnant from the day of the Lord. If they return and seek the Lord, and do the justice and righteousness of God. So I hope and pray through this sermon series that we can find the message of God for us today, for our nation. We find our way back to God. So the people, our people, find the way back to God. So we can turn our mourning into dancing, our fear into joy, our resentment to thanksgiving. So, who is Zephaniah? Verse 1 says, The word of the Lord that came to Zephaniah, the son of Cush. Cush is the all ancient name for Ethiopia. So his father, somehow Ethiopian, at the time, many Ethiopian people came to Judah and lived there, and of course they worship Yahweh. He must be married to Jewish women who has a great family. Because I can tell the names of the forefathers of Zephaniah. The name, his grandfather's name, Gadaliah, means Yahweh, the Lord, is great. And his great-grandfather, Amariah, means the Lord has promised me. And his great-grandfather's name, Hezekiah, we don't know if this Hezekiah is the king Hezekiah or not, but anyway, the meaning of Hezekiah, the Lord has strengthened me. Like their name, generation after generation, Yahweh, the God, the Lord, has been great to Israel, promised, strengthened them, the people of Israel and Judah and their king we know through first and second king, right? They did only evil in the sight of the Lord. What about us? What is our name? I'm sure you have a name that with the great expectation and hopes and wishes and blessing from your parents. You have your name. But what about our name? Church. Our name is church. Church is actually an English name, but originally, Ecclesia is the Greek name they call themselves in early church. Ecclesia. Which means people out of the world. So any, anybody, just group of people 
for a special reason they call ecclesia. Like jurors, juries, they were ecclesia. Like a baseball team, it's ecclesia. A group of people for a special reason, that's ecclesia. That's what they call church. We are called by God for special mission of God. Ecclesia. Doing mission. What is our mission? Making disciple of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. Right? That is our mission. That is our name. We must live up to the name. And we are individually, we call ourselves Christian. Right? It is simple. It is English. Like Christ. Christ-like. We live Christ-like. To make a disciple, to transform the world, we must live like Christ. What if all the church in the world be the church, ecclesia, doing its mission? What if all the Christians like Christ? The world will be different. There are churches in Russia. There are churches in Ukraine. There are churches in Europe. There are churches in North America, Asia, everywhere, even China. Everywhere we have a church. Billions of people, billions of Christians. I'm sure millions of churches. What if they're all ecclesia? They're all being Christ-like. I'm sure the world will be radically changed. The world will be reversed from chaos into ordered world. The creation, Genesis world. But we know the reality is not. The world is full of sin, overwhelming way, overwhelming degree of sin today. Then where is the church? Where is the Christians? Name Jephaniah means, the Lord has hidden me. The Lord has hidden me. Hidden from what? The day of the Lord. The judgment day of the Lord. Zephaniah was born during the time of King Manasseh, who did the evil, nothing but evil in the sight of the Lord. Actually, he is son of Hezekiah, King Hezekiah, who did the reform, who removed all the idols, who removed all the evils and he did justice and righteousness. And the Hezekiah's son, Manasseh, he reversed everything back and he rebuilt the temples and high poles and high places for Asherah and Bar and all the idols for money. Idol means money, prosperity, peace, security. So maybe Jephaniah's parents worry about the world. The world of Jephaniah, their son will live. 
So they named, Lord, please hide my son. Save my son in this, the day of the Lord. So what should we name our children today if you want to name our children again? I'm, I'm, I'm seriously. My son just got into college. My daughter in the high school. Now that I'm thinking, well, what kind of world they going to live? What kind of world they going to live? Are they going to have the world, the life I had? Yes, my life. You know, the year I came here, the Gulf War started. 9-11, so many things happened. But I cannot imagine the world my children, our next generation will live. So what should we name our children? It is interesting that Jephaniah became a prophet during the king Josiah. These only Hezekiah, King Hezekiah and Josiah, only two kings in the entire dynasty did the right thing. Only two kings. And he became the prophet. He got into ministry when King Josiah was in reign. He did the reform again. King Josiah re- re- removed all the idols and you know temples. The why? The why did God call Jephaniah, gave the word to Jephaniah to preach? Why in the reformation of Judah, why God needed, you know, warned Judah, people of Judah, the day of the Lord? Because all the leaders, all the priests perpetuated injustice and evil against God. In the name of God. And the people worship both Yahweh, the Lord, and the idol, the bar, Asher, all the same time. Josiah's reform didn't remove all the idols from Judah. Once again, idol is money, prosperity, more produce. Who does not want that? We want that, right? We want success. We want safety. We want peace. We want more money. We want like a Dow Jones more, you know, getting over, 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 you know, right? So they worshipped idols at the same time. So let's see. What about us? Do those political leaders today, business leaders today, any leaders today do justice? What are they doing? How the church leaders, bishops, clergy, what are they doing today? Even look at our own denomination. What are they doing today?
Do they fear God? Do they humbly walk with the Lord? In the name of Jesus, what are they doing? What about Christians? Do we worship God alone? Is there any other God we worship secretly? We call it syncretism. Syncretism. It's not just syncretism is like what's happening in like, a, you know, Mexico or, you know, uh, like a Mayan, you know, uh, you know, think place like that. If we have more than one God, that's a syncretism. Then who is our idol? It is simple and easy to find out who is idol. Where do you spend most of your money? Time, your energy, your resource. How much you spend your, your money on your house? Your car, vacation, even your children. Even how many times, how much time do we watch TV or on internet, on Netflix, whatever you watch? But what about God? How much do we spend time with God? How much do you give to the needy and poor? How much you input, invest your resources into the ministry of Jesus Christ? If we call our God is one and only God. So, who is your true God? Who do you worship? The Lord declares, I will utterly sweep away everything from the face of the earth. I will sweep away men and beasts. I will sweep away everything. Everything. What do you see here? Even God said, I will cut off mankind from the face of the earth. It looks like the time of Noah. The flood, right? It is like a time of city, city of uh, Sodom and Gomorrah. So the God's wrath reverses the creation of God back into chaos. The deep darkness, you know, like Genesis 1 and 1, chapter 1 and 1, right before creation, that condition. God's rest bring us back to, from order to disorder, from chaos, I mean, from peace to chaos. I mean, can you feel the fury of God? 
how much God despised injustice and worshipping both God and idol, the syncretism. Can you feel the anger of God? What about today? Can you feel the anger of God? This is our weight. Maybe because many preachers didn't preach on you know, prophecies, like Jephaniah or Jeremiah. Because this is the weight of a Christian. Because we are called to be prophets. Prophet means somebody tell them in advance. Tell the people before this thing happened that the prophet, we are prophets. Not just me, but we are all prophets. I just preach on this pulpit, but you preach in your living room, in your workplace, in your school, in your neighbor, you preaching to them, you are prophets there. And to profit, to be a prophet, we must feel the emotions of God. We must sense the ethos of God. And we must read the mind of God. We must know the heart of God. Then we can speak. Then we can prophesy, right? But we know there are times God is relentlessly loving, but there are times God, that relentlessly enraging anger, time like this. What should we do? Yeah, so time like this, you know, I really, I mean, I'm obligated to be standing on this pulpit at 8.30 and 11 a.m. on every Sunday, Right? I am obligated to keep my job here. But you can't get away with that neither because you, you have your day, Monday through Saturday. You're a preacher wherever you are. What are we going to preach? What are you going to tell the world in advance as we seeing all these injustice and evil happening in our world today? When the people say, oh no, there's nothing you know, we worry about. We'll be fine. The economy will be fine. You know? Our children will be fine. Our nation will be fine. You know, our nation will be fine. People don't see this imminent danger. So think about it. How is God doing nowadays? How agonizing, how grieving, how difficult for God, painful for God, seeing all these evil actions happening. the world will question us. 
What is wrong with the demanding prosperity? You need money. You need to make a living. You want safety. You want security. What is wrong with the demanding prosperity? Why is it so sinful and evil worship God and other things? Because it is worshiping idols, the desire is the center. Our desire is in the center, not our even need. Our desire is in the center of our worshiping idols. So the nature of desire is being exclusive, right? Because we have limited resources. To fulfill your desire, somebody has, cannot have it. It's the same thing in the sports game too, right? If we are happy with the Philly, the match will be upset, right? Somebody got upset. To be happy, that is the nature, principle of this world. You be full, somebody got to be hungry. So the nature of the jars of being exclusive. To be exclusive, you must be competitive. You have to fight for it. To be competitive, you must deny others, disapprove others. Oh, I'm sorry, but, well, we won. I'm sorry, but I'm sorry. So it is a fundamental violation of the principle of, principle of a creation. The name Yahweh means giving life, sustaining life, make all life in abundance. That is the name Yahweh means in verb. That is the will of God. Giving life, sustaining life, make life in abundance. Not just my life, but others' life too. But the reverence is in the center of our worship, Yahweh, the Lord. The awe and fear of God is the core center of our worship here. Because God created. Because He's the Creator. So we must be inclusive. Towards His creation, the people, especially people, because they are created in the image of God. We cannot, that's why we cannot despise, despise other people, even though they are mean and evil. We cannot despise the image of God. So we must be inclusive. To be inclusive, we must be cooperative. To be cooperative, we must acknowledge others. We must respect others. So we must be reverent to others because they are, once again, they are created in the image of God. Even though they hate us, even though they are against us, we cannot, we cannot despise them. So despise the others means despising God. Same thing. We cannot despise God. But we do. So the whole world 
treat one another, how the world treat one another, don't you feel the wrath of God? Don't you feel the sorrow of God? Don't you feel the coming, the day of the Lord? So we must give warning to the world. Don't you feel that we are chosen people? This living in this country, don't you feel that we are such a privilege, it's such a blessing in this country, living in this country? Right? Right? Then we are chosen. We have a privilege, then we have the responsibility too. We have to speak to the world. So we must give the warning to the people, to the world. And we must give the hope to the people. And we must show them the way how to return and repent and restore. So sisters and brothers in Christ, image of God. Do you want to be Jephaniah? Just hide, being hide by God in the day of the Lord. We just hide in the church. And then whatever's happening in the world, we just hide here. And God asking God, help us and protect us here because we are Christian, your people. No. We want to be the messenger of the God out in the world. God sent us into the world. Remember? then let's, let's do these three things. Jephaniah says, the, those who do not do the opposite of this, they are the one being cut off. So let's do the opposite. So let's return. First, let's return. Return to the Lord from our gods, our idols. Let's identify who, what is my idol. Where do I spend most of my time? Where do I most spend my days, my energy, and my, my resource? Let's think about it. You know, God designated, give, give, give God tithe, 10%. 10% is a minimum to remember God, 10%. Yes, many of our church members, I'm not st- making standardized tithing as a way of giving, but that, I'm telling you that tithing is a minimum, 10%. But God make, make it holy, even our 10%. But are we giving 10%? The Sabbath, the Lord's Day today is our giving one-seventh a week. That's why it is holy Sabbath. Your daily time with the prayer or devotion, that is holy. But think about it. Where do I, should I return from? From my television, from my smartphone, from my Netflix? Where from, I have to return and back to God. And second, let us seek the Lord. Where's God? Where's God? Here? Yes, God is here. But God is, God's, you know, prefer 
choices the needy and poor. You will see God if you come to the community meal. If you come to city gate, you, you, you can see God there. You pray for the missionaries. You pray for the, our school and the CRL, you know, and you see that God is there. But you see God in your living room. Maybe one of your family members in need of God. And maybe your, your niece or your nephew, cousin, or in-law, they're in need of God. And God is there. Go to the person. Do not open your Bible to the person right away. Just be there. The sorrowful, the discouraged, distrusting God. Those people, lonely people, be there. There is God, and you will find God. And inquire of Him. Listen to God. Pay attention and listen to God. To listen to God, you have to mute your voice, other devices. You have to mute. Stop contemplating about your finance, your retirement plan, your housing, your roof, your whatever, you know. Stop contemplating on those things. Start contemplating about God. What does God think? When you stop, when you're finally able to mute yourself, you were able to hear the voice of God. It's not a miracle. It's not like only special people can listen to God. When you shut up, you will listen to God. That's simple. It's hard to shut up, though. It's hard, hard. Friends, Remember, the will of God will invade our world through the messengers like you and me, the remnants, to defeat the forces of evil by saving the poor and needy, by welcoming the lame and outcast, by rejoicing with the margins of the world. God will invade us into our history. And he will make, he will complete his kingdom where we are. God is invading us. Pay attention and let him invade you, invade our world as we do his will. Amen. Amen.